Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by the Boss Builders. That would be us. Hey, for this year, we are really ramping up our training options. Now, post-COVID, we did a lot of virtual work. We had our Art of the Great Boss Masterclass. We had, I think, 15 or 20 different cohorts go through it, and we still have cohorts going through it today. It's a great program, one session a month for 13 months. But we also realize that audiences are ready for us to come back on the road and visit them at their house. And so we are implementing a couple of new programs. Well, they're not really new. Well, one of them actually is very new. The first one is our two-day driving results on-site management skills workshop. This involves learning how to manage people, learning about yourself, learning how to motivate, lots of exercises we do together, lots of opportunities to practice. Our second option, though, is a new hybrid option. And so what we wanted to do with this one is to establish an entire year with an organization. Three in-person, one-day on-site visits with virtual sessions in between. So in the in-person sessions, we can really work as groups. We can do some practice, some skill practice, and then we can touch base throughout the year with those individual virtual sessions. So that is our second option. We're obviously going to continue our Art of the Great Boss cohorts. But finally, you can also license and teach our curriculum. We've developed it to the point where really anybody could step in. There's a very robust train the trainer guide. I will also come on site and teach you how to teach the curriculum. So you could do it at your own time, your own pace, your own schedule. For information on all of these programs, just check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, if you're a listener to this podcast, I know that you are probably very busy, and if that's true, and I know it is, then you probably don't have a whole lot of time for your own professional development. Professional development can be going to seminars, but it can also be reading, and I know most people always say they want to read more, but they never really have the time. Of course, we all have time to mindlessly scroll through phones, but what about books that could help us? Well, the good news for all of you is that I have a wonderful author who is going to be doing two podcast episodes with me, one of which you're going to hear right now, and then one you will hear shortly after. The guest today is my friend Norma Shirk. Now, Norma is a consultant. She is a labor attorney. She has a ton of experience, but one thing that Norma has is this amazing ability to write. She has a wonderful blog that she's written, and I've read bits and pieces. She tells stories, but what she's done is she's got a couple of books that we're going to be looking at together. The book for this episode is entitled Things Go Wrong, Legal Minefields That Business Owners Hate But Have to Deal With. Now, this may or may not impact each of you listening today, but it may impact a friend of yours, and some of these lessons learned can also be things that you might have to take care of in your own organizations. We had a great conversation. I know you're going to enjoy this, so let's sit back and relax, and let's let Norma do the talking. Besides, you know what time it is for you. Let's make sure that personal item's tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure the seat belt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. 
Norma Shirk. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm glad we could connect. We had a little bit of technical issues getting started, but the good news is we are ready to roll. So today, Norma, we're going to be talking about one of your books, and today's book is the book called Things Go Wrong. Shockingly, this is about things in corporations in the area of HR. I'm shocked that things could go wrong, but maybe that's the reason why they need you. So we're going to talk about the book today, Norma, but before we get into that, I'd like to hear more about you. I met you in person a few years ago, and I see you on LinkedIn, and I think we cross paths at conferences in the Nashville area from time to time. However, I did not know that you were an author, and so when we discovered that, it was time to have you on the show. So Norma, we're going to talk about the book, but tell us about you. Tell us about your background and what you're doing today, and then we're going to dive into this book together. Okay, that sounds good. Um, Originally, I'm from the Northeast, but I migrated south away from the really cold, long winters. I um, am a a graduate of Middle Tennessee State, and I went to law school at UT Knoxville. And when I was in law school out there, this was long enough ago, there were banks were bad and I clerked at FDIC. They had a big field office there at the time. And from there, I went down to Texas with FDIC. And since then, I've worked for a variety of insurance companies and I've owned, I'm on my second business that I own. Um, Along the way, I got into public speaking and kind of adjusted my career a couple of times. I went from being an in-house lawyer, giving advice, uh, generally as an in-house lawyer, even just like law firms, you don't really talk to people until things have gone hideously wrong or are about to. And then they're like, oh gosh, save us. What can we do? Uh, So that was kind of what my background was. And I thought, wow, I'd really like to get into something where you're with people in that hopeful kind of honeymoon phase when they're building a business and everybody is still optimistic and would like to solve problems before they boondoggle. It never quite works that way, but I ended up liking the employment law space. And so when I left being an in-house lawyer and set up my own consulting business, I decided to use HR consulting as the basis for it because it's all about helping people, you know, and HR, you know, like I do that in HR, no two days are ever the same because that's just people. Yeah, absolutely. So Norma, in your practice now, so tell us how you work. Are you, uh, Do you help people with just certain types of things or what is your real area of expertise? Yeah, for me, I work with small employers, very small companies. The smallest one I had had the owner and was about to expand to a couple of part-time people. So I work with the very small companies and it's more of a generalist approach. Actually, I say it's HR consulting, but it's more about employment law education. So we run through a series of things. What have you got now in writing? I can guarantee with most small companies, there's absolutely nothing written down. You just sort of do it as it happens and make it up as you go along. And then suddenly something goes wrong and you're like, how did that happen? And then you realize you need to put things in writing. When you get up to about 10 employees, you're at what I call the crowd control point. By that point, 
at 10 employees, you just have too many different personalities to keep trying to make it up on the fly. You have to have some standardization. So when I go in to talk to a client, it's all about, let's see what you've got right now, more likely don't have, and then let's figure out what a company with your number of employees ought to have. And from there, we have kind of a tutorial about which employment laws apply, things like how do you tell the difference between a W-2 employee and a 1099 independent contractor? And it's kind of an eyeball test. If they need detailed help help with that kind of thing, I've got um, a Rolodex of um, attorneys I can refer them to if they need a legal opinion on something like that. But for a lot of those kinds of questions, you can just kind of eyeball it and you say, you know, it's more likely than not that we're going to go this direction. They're going to be a W-2, not a 1099 or whatever. So it's all those very basic questions about what are they required by law to do with the with employees and what is not required but what is prudent as a business owner if you don't have employees you probably don't have much of a business so you need to find a way to balance what the company is trying to do with what it takes to get people in seats doing the work and being happy at least more or less, most of the time, happy about being an employee with your company. Well, do you find, Norma, in your work that most companies start out like that? They just start growing kind of beyond their means and then they need your help? Or do you occasionally get some that from day one say, let's start with HR? Is that ever happen or is most of the time it's the first scenario? (laughs) Uh, Most of the time it's uh, the approach of, oh my gosh, something's gone wrong. I don't understand. What do I do next? I've had a couple that actually were people like me that were refugees from big business and they would say, I know what it was like there and I swore if I ever owned my own business, I wouldn't be like that. And so they they say, I want to do it right the first time. And they're the ones who come in like the, the business I mentioned. It was just the owner at that time. And she said, I know in the next um, six to 12 months, I'm going to be adding two positions. What do I need to have in place? So we talked about what uh, an, an employee package and onboarding process would look like. Um, we talked about job descriptions. So you can't hire the right person if you don't know what you're looking for, if you haven't specified that. And we went through a whole gamut of things. With just three employees and one of them being the owner, there aren't a whole lot of employment laws that apply by law. For example, everybody knows about equal employment opportunity. Legally, that kicks in when you when you have at least 15 employees. But for most employees and potential employees, they know that that law is out there. And so they expect if you are only hiring your first W-2 person, they expect to have the same uh, protections of equal employment opportunity as if it's, you know, big megacorp. So it's those kinds of things, learning how to uh, incorporate some of those things that don't apply to you yet because you're such a small company. 
Um, I would say the most common mistake that I see, and you've probably seen it too, is everybody's also heard about the Family Medical Leave Act. And so, you know, people are looking for that 12 weeks of unpaid leave for their own health or a family member, whatever. But for companies with less than 50 employees, it doesn't apply to them just because there's a recognition that if you have less than 50 employees, you don't have, you know, that extra body in a seat who can just take over somebody else's job. I mean, there's there's practical difficulties. So it doesn't apply to small companies. And yet I'll see small businesses started by somebody who worked for a big company, a bigger company, and they'll take the old employer's handbook and they'll rip off the uh, that old employer's name, slap their company name on it, and they never really go through what's in there. And then one day somebody comes up and says, I have this medical situation and your handbook says FMLA applies and I expect to get my 12 weeks of unpaid leave. And you look around your shop and you go, wow, I have 10 people or I have 15 people and I got nobody who can do this person's role for 12 weeks. So that's when you realize that things have gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, the copy-paste handbook scenario doesn't work, does it? Uh, generally not well, no. <laughs> well, thank goodness we have people like you. And if you're listening to this today and you're in this predicament, uh, these are the kinds of things you can pay somebody like Norma now or you can pay them later. But either way, you'll be paying them at some point. So word to the wise, right? <laughs> yeah, one of my earliest clients called me and started describing their situation. And I said, hang on, hang on. You're in court already or about to be in court. You need a lawyer who does employment law litigation. And if you don't have one, let me just shoot you some names and you make phone calls today because that's not what I'm going to help you with. We'll go on dual tracks. You'll have that attorney helping you in court. And then separately, we'll fix all these things in your shop so that hopefully you won't uh, have the same situation come up later. I mean, let's be honest. You can always be sued for any reason. That does not mean the person filing the lawsuit has a hope of winning, but that's not the point. You need to be able to show as an employer that you did your best according to what the law requires of you and what, you know, a decent human being would do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Wow. Well, all the more reason, again, pay attention and don't do stupid stuff. So, so Norma, let's talk about the book. The book, mm -hmm. it's Things Go Wrong. So tell me about the book. Why did you write it? What inspired it? Uh, the, the book actually is a genesis of one of my, I don't know if you'd call it a core value or what. I believe in leveling the playing field. So I grew up very poor and there were things that my family simply couldn't support because we didn't have the financial resources to do that. And I see small companies in kind of the same boat. You know, if you're Amazon, which has a big um, operation here in Nashville, if you're Amazon, you got money to burn. But if you're, you know, Ma and Pa Kettle down the hill, you have no money. 
And so you don't want... You don't want to end up where your company is unable to compete simply because you don't have the basic resources that could help you run some of the traps, particularly um, employment. But there's other traps that have to be run uh, financial and otherwise. And so I thought, well, this book can be a way to sort of level the playing field. Let's take a look at each major function of the corporation, the company, whatever size it is, because every company, regardless of size, is going to have about four major areas, accounting, sales and marketing, HR, and IT. And then sort of overriding all of that is the corporate structure you choose, C-Corp, LLC, partnership, whatever you want to do. And then also overriding all of that is risk management. There are risks in everything you do. So how do we mitigate some of those risks? And so I thought, wow, if people, if a small business owner could have access to some of those same basic resources and think about the the risks, um, common risks in each area, they can guard against it and run a more successful company, basically a leaner, meaner kind of company and and um, compete well. So, and I take that approach because when I look at small company owners, uh, we all start businesses because we're good at one thing or maybe a couple of things, but back office administrative work putting the structure in place for things to run well, um, unless that's your field. Engineers do great at this kind of thing, but not the rest of us. Uh, you don't even understand a lot of times um, when you start your business. It's like, I've got this great product or this great service. And you don't build out the structure of a company that can help you actually effectively sell whatever it is you're selling. So, for smaller businesses, get a quick overview of what the common risks are in each area of your business. Figure out what you need to be putting in writing so that you can train employees as you bring them on. All of those sorts of questions were what I was thinking about when I decided to put the book together. So is the book just sort of a presentation of here's one thing that could go wrong and this is what it would look like and then this is how you prevent it or fix it? Is it sort of in that format? Um, not entirely. And part of the reason for that was over the years, I can't tell you how many textbooks I've read. And most of them give you wonderful information, but all of us would rather be beaten with a stick than have to endure reading them. And I thought, I want a book people will actually read that will actually be practical. So it's written in a very informal style. And I created an avatar called uh, Camilla Flowers with her business, The Glamour Guide. She runs high-end safaris for wealthier people um, in an urban setting. And Cam the Glam has a series of adventures throughout the book, and they help illustrate the uh, the points of the book. For example, uh, Cam the Glam goes through um, kind of an analysis about what would it mean if she set up as a doing business as a DBA rather than creating a corporate entity. What are the options, pros and cons to being um, a C corp or an S corp um, LLC? Those kinds of things. So we go through that kind of analysis. 
Um, we look at the fact that if you don't pay your taxes, one of her adventures is her business partner takes all the money out of the account and goes off and plays the ponies and then disappears. And that leaves Cam having to pay the IRS and the payroll taxes and everything else with all the money gone. So we remember the story about Cam and uh, and her business partner who skedaddled on her. And because of that, we remember that, oh, right, we need to have trustworthy people and we need to have something in place that protects us. If you're a partnership, you're wholly liable for the whole bit. You know, so things like that, the the structure of how you set your company up, how you put in place certain internal controls, knowing all that and having a funny story that explains it, kind of illustrates it, just makes it an easier read than uh, going through with a whole lot of, um, you know, thou shalt not do whatever. You remember the old style handbooks? They were all employee handbooks. They were all written like that. Don't do this or bad things happen to you and three strikes and you're out and that kind of stuff. And you'd walk in the door and you're like, geez, do I really want to work for these clowns? They sound like they're going to take me out and, you know, beat me in the parking lot if I make a mistake. Not a welcoming kind of place. So the idea is that if we have um, kind of some humor in there to break up the boring bits, it'll be a more enjoyable read and we'll see um, some real life applications of how things go wrong. I mean, the adventures that uh, Cam the Glam has throughout the book are based on real life incidents. Well, that's going to make it even more interesting because it's not something that people make up, even though we've all said you can't make this stuff up, right? right. <laughs> it's like you never know what's going to come walking through your door. Well, this is great. So uh, let me ask you this. Is this book, who would be actually the target audience? Because I can certainly see an application for HR folks, but I can also see someone who's saying, man, I want to start a business. You know, what should I do? I mean, I certainly could have used a book like this 20 years ago when I was putting mine together. So who really would benefit the most from this? I think um, the HR section is probably the biggest, and partly that's because people are the one of the biggest expenses in a business and the biggest investment. Um, but overall, aside from the HR people, um, there are two target audiences that I can think of. One is the entrepreneur who wants to start a business and they're going, maybe they're in one of the business incubation programs or, or entrepreneurship programs that, um, you know, Nashville has half a dozen different ones that focus on different things on entrepreneurship. So having a quick overview before you roll out the carpet and open the doors for your business would be great. Um, small business owners, you can't pay for a lawyer to be on a retainer, so... Um, or even your CPA, perhaps. So have a quick spin through the appropriate section in the book, and there might be some things that you can, in essence, triage yourself. Um, the other um, group that I think would benefit from it is a lot of companies, when they reach a certain point, revenue or employee size, they will actually hire an in-house lawyer. And I've been in this position in my past in some of my career 
variations. And you're the Lone Ranger. Uh, I worked as the only attorney in the shop, um, the in-house attorney, and I was pretty good with contracts. I knew nothing about HR. I knew nothing about um, intellectual property, anything else that came up. And so I had to learn on the fly. And the book has a section at the back with some of the key laws, federal and state. So I see it as a resource guide in that it's a quick um, quick start to your research, whoever you are, whether you're HR, the business owner, the uh, corporate risk guy, which is a fancy title for whoever gets stuck trying to figure out how to make sure things don't walk out the door on you, or the Lone Ranger attorney where you, you don't have a lot of time to, to try and figure things out. So let's take a quick spin and see what where we need to focus to fix the problem. Well, it sounds like a great resource, especially for someone who really wants to start a business. And for you entrepreneurs out there, especially you HR folks that are like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to have my own business. Uh, let me tell you, there's plenty of headaches that you will still have. So a word to the wise, let's do it before you get involved. Okay. Hey, Norma, this has been really, really great. I love hearing about this stuff and also the fact that you have resources available. So my last question for you is, if a person's listening today, whether they're an entrepreneur or an HR person, and they want to know, number one, how do I get a copy of this book? And secondly, how do I get a conversation going with Norma Shirk. Norma, what is the best way for us to reach you? Uh, the best way to reach me is to uh, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Norma Shirk, um, and uh, just send me a message through that. I'm happy to connect with anybody uh, and work with anybody that is interested in working with me. The book is available on um, Amazon, and it's available in a hardcover, a softcover, or the, what is it, Kindle, the, the electronic version. So there's a variety of ways you can get the book as well. Excellent. If you're listening today, our guest today was Norma Shirk. The book is Things Go Wrong. If you want to connect with Norma Shirk, just look her up on LinkedIn. That is Norma, N-O-R-M-A, Shirk, S-H-I-R-K, Hey, Norma, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been fun. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs. More information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. 
And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.